With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. <laughs> and also, we have an addition of the Hockey Podcast Network affiliate of Caps Chirp, uh, the hockey troll who does the Washington Capitals podcast. What's going on, guys? Um, I'd like to let everybody know, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to suck the credit dry on this but i did pitch this that tagline for the grumpy old man to him on one of our metropolitan pods so if anybody likes that tagline you know it's just remember me it's the hockey troll the brains behind the grumpy old man okay on top of what tj is <laughs> okay all right you know creative, I, I the creative already, inspiration i can if, already tell how this is going to go today and as everyone who listens to our podcast knows i did give you credit the that's the only thing that the hockey troll has actually ever done in a positive <laughs> sense i mean he's a fan of the capitals and uh I, I am great that i'm so happy that tj reached out to the hockey troll you know because we're always trying to help some of the lowly podcasts increase, increase their listenership by coming on with tj and the grumpy old man so we're just doing our part to help out in this time of need of the hockey troll and the caps chirp podcast. Right. I mean, in whatever world grumpy old man lives in, I guess that's true in some sense of the, some sense of the word, but um, you know, grumpy, I'm just happy that you are nice and healthy and still kicking during these trying times where your demographic <clears throat> old um, is being really targeted here for this whole coronavirus, you know, at, at risk, they would call you. Must be my superior genealogy, which is getting me through these tough times. Uh, <laughs> I'm really not too concerned at this point in time. Uh, I know how to wash my hands and do all the things you do for personal hygiene. I can understand where millennials such as yourself and TJ struggle with certain aspects of this. Um, but, you know, a little common sense will go a long way. And that's what the grumpy old man is here for, to tell people to, you know, just be commonsensical, wash your hands, uh, you know, all the things you need to do. You know, I don't want to get into any of your other personal habits, but uh, just make sure that you wash your hands and uh, take care of things like that. I can show you a little instructions on how to do it properly if need be. Yeah, I mean, you know, fax them to me. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but grumpy in all seriousness. Obviously, 
you're a little older, so be healthy. Make sure you wash your hands. I know you said you are, but uh, just to reiterate what Hockey Troll said, you are the demographic that um, is most at risk. So on a serious note, obviously, we wish you good health. Well, thank you so much. You know, I hope we don't have a virus that hurts the stupid because you guys would be in deep trouble. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> it's starting off early with the grumpy old man. That don't is for me. sure. Don't push me. <laughs> Well, this is this is going to be a little bit of an interesting podcast, not necessarily Islander related, um, just hockey related and what's going on in the news. I mean, there's no games being played right now. And just us all being hockey enthusiasts, this could be an unprecedented year. I, I don't know what your opinion is, guys. And this is and I want to get your take on this. But do you think uh, the way everything is evolving, and continuing to proceed? The hockey season will continue in some maybe abbreviated form, maybe an abbreviated playoffs or some sort of the fashion. Do you think we'll see a Stanley Cup champion this season? I'll let I'll let our guest answer this first. Oh, you know, everybody, I, I, I think that the situation is so fluid now that that I can't say for sure. I would love to, obviously, since, you know. 80% of the season's been played to see a Stanley cup champion in some way, shape or form and return to hockey. I think in an ideal world after a month or so, you know, we cut the regular season short and then play full, pull full playoffs if we come back in a month. But if this is a, you know, they're saying in the news that, that the brunt is not even, this is like the calm before the storm. It could be another three to six months until, this thing has we even have like a, our a grasp on on the the scale of this thing so if that's the case shoot i mean not only this year but maybe even next year could be in jeopardy um i i'm not comfortable and and not knowledgeable enough to even say if we're going to return for this season um but you know grumpy maybe you can talk uh cuz you were probably alive when it happened the last time that they didn't award a Stanley Cup, I think it's only happened like what twice in the entire 200-year um, history of the NHL. Yeah, I think you're going back to like 1919. Uh, yeah. I, I was not around then. It was close. It was the year of my birth, so I really didn't know much about hockey at that time. Uh, you know, you made us comment on, you know, you didn't have enough expertise or knowledge to talk about this. When has that ever stopped you from saying anything in the past? I have to ask that question. Um, I'm going to, I'll answer for you. Never. Um, now answering TJ's question. I think we will have hockey again this year. Uh, I think once you saw the NBA cancel or suspend, you knew everyone was going to, everyone jumped on the boat with it. They want who was going to be first. They didn't want to look bad. So everyone jumped on board and said, okay, we're going to be suspending, canceling, whatever. Um, I think we will, like I said, have hockey in the future this season. Uh, even if it's an abbreviated, I think what we might see if it goes too long is maybe top two teams from each division as an eight team playoff, uh, depending on how long it goes. Uh, it's not optimal, but if you look at the standings, that's kind of how all the points lay out now anyway. The top four teams in each conference are actually 2-2-2-2 two, 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 uh, for each division. So I think that's what we will uh, – I mean, I just think that's a distinct possibility that that's what we're going to see uh, for playoffs, it, especially if it drags on uh, for a long period of time. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. And I think 
you're right to a certain extent. I mean, the NBA did have positive tests and and uh, players that did have the coronavirus, which is, I think, the reason why they went ahead and decided to go ahead and suspend their season immediately. Um, interesting thing, Pierre Lebron released an article today in The Athletic a little earlier on, recording about Sunday afternoon, um, stating that nobody that's been tested so far in the NHL has been confirmed for the coronavirus, which is a positive sign. But, you know, if we're just looking at how, I guess, infectious and contagious this is, there, of course, are going to be people in the league that will have positive cases over enough time. But I, I did think it was interesting that the NHL has not had any positive cases yet, which is always a good sign. Um, not sure if they come back to the playoffs. And if they do, um, I I don't know how they're going to try to ramp things back up. Uh, you're going to try to have like a practice game or something like that. I don't know what's going to happen because, I mean, if you – I. If you take a month off, two, two, three, maybe a month off, you're, I mean, your entire momentum that you've built all season long is completely changed. And it's going to be a completely different atmosphere heading into the playoffs and even in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know what teams are doing now, but I would think that they're not just sitting home eating chips and popcorn and watching movies all day. I'm going to say that they're professional athletes. They're going to continue to stay in shape. They might even go out, you know, and skate at the facility period. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Well, so they're not actually allowed at the facility right now, grumpy old man. They're not allowed to go ahead and participate. They were all sent back to their homes of origin. Um, and slowly, depending on how things progress, they'll go ahead and integrate. Maybe a few people can practice together at a time, but right now they're, they're isolating themselves. Self-quarantining, I believe was the word that was written. Okay. Well, they right. might be skating. They might be skating at home. You know, you, you talked about um, the level of, uh, contagiousness of this disease. I found it interesting. You know, you look at the NBA players, one team had two guys test positive and nobody else on the team, nobody else in the travel party. Those guys are together all the time. I mean, they're riding planes together. They're in the locker room together. So, I mean, I think you might see some people who are um, exposed to this disease and aren't getting it. Or, well, virus, not disease. Right. Sorry, I had to correct right. you. You're right. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> You're so quick to correct me when I make a mistake. Let me tell you something. And everyone who listens to knows TJ bungles. I can't tell you how many words, phrases, statements. Do I call him out every time? No, only when he's really, really bad. But I make, okay, disease, virus. Oh, I'm going to single you out. You're like, you work, TJ, fine. That's the way you want to be. That's the way we're going to be from now on. And this podcast is probably going to last about four hours every single one, which would normally take 30 minutes. It's going to be four hours. We're going to be correcting your mistakes. Great. Okay. That said, back to the point. Um, the virus, um, you know, you're going to see some people who have had contact and maybe they don't get it. Maybe they carry it. Who knows? But I don't think everyone who comes in contact, in contact gets the virus. That, that much I will say. I think that's fair to say. Sure. I mean, I think that there's always those outliers too, but, um, you know, putting yourself in that risky situation isn't helping your causes for not getting the virus. Right. So, um, but I mean, going back to, to the, to the rest of the season, I think that if a month goes by, because we had about a month left, um, I would like to see the full playoff tournament be played. Um, you know, grumpy pitched like the two team thing that would be fine you know again not ideal but if we're only taking a month-long break i say and and this would really only extend the season by another couple weeks maybe but have basically delete the rest of the regular season have the teams play a rigorous like week-long 
like wake up schedule, like five games in six days, you know, five games in a week. Um, have them give them a week to practice together, like as a team. Give them the the crazy gauntlet schedule, five games in seven days or so, in uh, leading up to the playoffs, and then play the full and then you know count points as it is. So you know all those teams that were on the cusp or whatever, they still have that. They still have that. I guess scapegoat to the the league does in in saying like, well, you have these five games now. It's now or never. The season's you know done. And then play the full playoff tournament. Ideally, in my eyes, if you can't play all of the games, that's how I would love to see it. I mean, these are professionals after all. Um, I don't think that's too rigorous of a schedule, especially after they've had a month off resting and doing whatever they're doing, you know? Well, yeah, um, I can see that. I just, I was just saying if it goes on too long, if it goes on a couple of months, I think I don't think that's going to happen if it goes on that long. Right. Um, no, I agree with you. Yeah, that's and that's the whole thing. I I know they've only said. I mean, how long? I, well, they were did the any. Uh, you know, his thing. I don't never prepare for these podcasts as as everyone knows. Um. So, how long is the NHL? Have they just said indefinitely that they're not going to? They're just going to suspend the season without any like. Okay, we're revisiting two weeks. Isn't that kind of what they said? They haven't said anything. They just said, well, we'll just suspend our schedule. Well, they had a call that was almost like a a round robin of sorts where all the general managers were on the horn uh, talking about uh, the different nuances. They didn't necessarily said they had like an exact cutoff date. You know, if it's not ruled healthy or possible by this date, then we'll go ahead and cancel the rest of the season. They didn't discuss anything like that. I mean, we're in the very early stages. And as Hockey Troll said, I think the environment is very fluid. And we're going to see, I'm sure, twists and turns over the next few weeks. But I have to figure maybe in a week or two, we'll know the pitcher a lot more in depth than what we know now. Because, again, I think everybody right now is – I don't want to say panic because, I mean, like obviously when you see people hoarding toilet paper and bottles of water, like they have a Category 5 hurricane coming their way. I mean, that obviously elicits panic. But it's it's they're being precautious probably is the best way to put it. And I think as we see, you know, what the case numbers look like in two weeks and how many people are dying from this and, you know, how many people are testing or recovering from this and how many people, you know, it, and the amount of infections per week, I think we'll have a better picture as to what's going to happen. But if this is, and we talked about this last podcast, Grumpy Old Man, the NHL is a league that gets its largest revenue from ticket sales. They don't have big TV deals like the NFL and the NBA and MLB and ticket sales are hugely important for them. So if you're looking at a scenario when the season might be canceled, you're looking at 10 plus games at least for every single team they didn't play in the regular season and an entire playoff time period, an entire playoff gauntlet that they won't receive ticket sales for. And I think that could seriously impact the cap situation for next season. Yeah. Um, I think that Gary Bettman wants to play the playoffs. I I think he's been really upfront about that. He does not want to scrap the rest of the season. And I think they'll do whatever's possible to make sure that we do play this year, even if, like I said, it's an abbreviated, uh, you know, maybe five games if we get in 
early enough or the abbreviated playoff schedule, they definitely want to have a Stanley Cup champion. I think that's really, really important. And the uh, uh, monetary situation also plays into that. Um, so uh, that's just what I think is going to happen. And Troll, yeah. I don't know about you uh, up there in uh, Washington. Now, do you live in the Washington area? No, so I'm actually um, outside Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's okay. Yeah. Which well, is, well, no, it's not okay. It's it's terrible, but. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that Washington, Pittsburgh, whatever, Baltimore, they're all the same. Yeah. Oh, ouch, ouch. I mean, I, w- I would definitely prefer the DMV area, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out here um, this in the burbs of Pittsburgh, I guess you could say, about an hour and away. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the toilet paper situation because Grumpy, I mean, you're beyond that now, right? You, you just wear those diapers. First of all, maybe you think, <laughs> I, you know, okay, I guess I'm kind of questioning you now because <laughs> why would I need toilet paper what do you mean, like the pens? Do you mean like you think I take dumps in my pants? Is that I, what you're saying? I, I, I mean, I didn't think you do it intentionally. I just had figured in your advanced age that it was more of like a involuntary like reaction. Accident, accident prevention. Right, exactly. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, sometimes you don't get to the toilet in time. or oh, You mean like you after like drinking all night, something like that? <laughs> Like when you crap your pants in the bed, you mean stuff like that, which we've heard you talk about in the past. You mean things like that? No, that doesn't happen to me. But thanks for your concern. I appreciate it. All Uh, right. You know what? Look, I just, I, again, you know, top of mind, when this thing hit, you were, I I tweeted it. I was very, I I was like, you know what? Grumpy old man, number one priority. We need to save this, um, this, I guess, artifact of hockey knowledge, if you will, for for, for the podcast, hockey podcast network. Um, I, you know what? I knew I was going to get this today, and you know what? I revel in it. You know, I'm going to tell you a quick little story. Quick little story. Okay. Uh, I was working uh, at the current job I had, but a different location, and I was work- I was the only guy in the apartment. There were like twelve other, and there were twelve women, and my wife came in at the time and you know everyone's happy oh hi you know whoa he's there he's so funny we love the grumpy old man and and my wife says to them she's like he says gosh she says to me he says he says they almost have you outnumbered i said almost not quite so if i can deal with 12 women and myself i can certainly deal with two neophytes such as yourself coming at me i mean you know really it's not a fair fight me fighting you two I'm still fighting with uh, my brain tied behind my back to defeat the two of you. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Look, I just, I, you know, again, it, it comes from a place of real concern, grumpy if, old man. <laughs> if I had a Twitter account, that might have meant something to me. But since I don't, I mean, you know, hey, whatever. TJ had to clue me and he's like, hey, hockey. I mean, he probably put a smiley face or a frowny face emoji or <laughs> poop emoji <laughs> After uh, after making that comment, but I do I do appreciate it, even though I, I I'm sure it was came from a good place. And now you're uh, just you know just going in attack mode, and that's fine. That's fine. I can deal with it. <laughs> I'm right, not a sure. like you. Well, I mean, what did you expect me to come on this podcast and just kind of give you the docile? You know, we don't have sports. I've been sitting around. I'm unemployed right now. You know, I'm a loser. You know, I'm sitting here on my hands doing nothing. 
you know, hanging out. I've, I've, I've been, I've been stockpiling these, these, uh, these one-liners for a while. So, you know, this is, this is gonna, this is gonna be great for your podcast here. Oh, and as always, as soon as we do a hockey, whenever we do a podcast, my landline rings and it always (laughs) does. And here it did again today. It's just what it does. Um, and I appreciate it. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that uh, you're unemployed. I'm not shocked, of course. Uh, but And for everyone here, I did get to speak to uh, Hockey Troll's girlfriend. Um, I, I don't know if it was just a recording that he has. I don't know. Uh, but she seemed a little unhappy. And now it kind of makes sense as to why she is, you know, recording the whole house. So, you know, get out and get a job, you bum. I'm working on. It. I'm working on. It. I need. I need one of those cushy remote positions like you got, Grumpy. Well, Lex, so. you know what? It took a long time for me to get this. I'm sure there's a paper route out there that you can work on, <laughs> delivering the Pittsburgh Gazette. <laughs> not the. Uh, not the. Uh, not in this climate. Remember, we're we're on self quarantine. Well, that's you. I mean, not me. I'm not self quarantining. I'm infecting the whole world. <laughs> God, with Great. pleasantness and happiness, right? No, I'm, I'm with you, but uh, I did, I did have a, actually a, an Islander related question, and it's something that TJ and I have spoke about in the past, and it's about your hero Barry Trotz. And here's okay. the thing: I'm going to let everyone know um, uh, who listens to our podcast that the hockey troll um, drinks at the trough of Barry Trotz. Oh, can do, can do no wrong. Guzzle, guzzle the the divine teachings of. of of Mr. Trotz there. Right. And he, and he does, I mean, you know, can do no wrong. And I've had, as everyone who listens to our podcast knows, I have had real issues with the way he treats younger players. And I wanted to get your perspective. And we have spoken about this, uh, on our Patreon podcast, but Mm -hmm. to a shorter extent, uh, but I wanted to get your opinion on how he treats younger players because it absolutely drives me insane when he seems to cut veterans and just ham and egger veterans like the Islanders are full of, uh, as opposed to young, talented players on a team. I just kind of would like your spin on that, if you don't mind. Right. Well, first, I'd just like I'd like all Islanders fans and, and you two especially to just take a step back and trust the process. I know that things may not have been going well for you. You didn't pick up your Ovechkin stud at the trade deadline. You know, you don't have a Sidney Crosby, though Matt Barzal looks like, you know, he's going to be a very promising young talent. Um, but, uh, you know, the number one person when you reference the sandbagging, if you will, of the younger talent is Jacob Verano for the Washington Capitals. Now, before the season ended, this kid was having a career year. He was probably going to touch. I mean, I think he was at, over 50 points already um, was probably going to touch, you know, over 60. So, and, and it's been growth every year for him. Now he was highly sheltered and really quite frankly, shit on by Barry Trotz a lot, though. I think Barry Trotz eventually pounded in some defensive responsibility there and maybe a little bit of, um, the ideology is if you play good D your offense will come from that, you know, um, some would say that Jacob Verona has succeeded in despite Barry Trotz's system. But at the same time, um, 
I mean, you look at where he is now and you have to at least look at Trotz's, you know, coaching style and, and leadership is at least some credit to where he is now. That being said, like I said, like I said earlier, yes, he is. That's his number one criticism for me. And apparently you guys have picked up on it as well. uh, He sandbags the younger players. They really have to be something special or play into his system a certain way, real muck and grinder or something, um, or really give him 120% every night, every day of practice for him to play him. <clears throat> um, he resorts to the veterans. Uh, I, I, I would, I would agree with that, with your assessment that he is hard on the young guys and, and feels more comfortable giving higher, more dangerous minutes to veterans. <clears throat> In his defense, I I mean, the Islanders only have that, right? I mean, they have that and a couple young guys. So really, I mean, what options does he have in, in New York? Well, I guess, I guess the problem I have is when Matt Barzal makes a mistake, he punishes him. He rips him in front of the media or in the press. And you see some of the hacks on our lineup like Nelson and Bailey and average Anders Lee. You know, they can make mistake after mistake out there, Nick Letty. And, you know, ah, you know, we really don't talk about them. We don't talk about a bad penalty that those guys take. But let Mark Matt Barzell take a penalty. It's like, you know, to the guillotine with you, we're going to cut your ice time. I just think it's stupid and, to do that. And he doesn't go ahead and single him out in the press. He says, you know, we can't be taking a bad penalty here. He alludes to Matt Barzell every time. It's It, it really doesn't take a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance to know oh, we did take an on-time penalty here, and we're talking specifically about Matt Barzal's you know, cross-check that slid up and hit somebody in the face that led to a goal, and we lost the game because of that. He does go ahead and allude to, yes, a Matt Barzal mistake or holding onto the puck too long, but he doesn't necessarily say Matt Barzal is doing this. I don't know any coach that really does that, though. Okay, well, he had singled him out, but that's fine. You know, I just want to bring up cognitive dissidence. Um <laughs> Here's a that's a Pulp Fiction reference right now. Look at the big brain on Brad over there. TJ trying to use big words on a hockey podcast network that never say die podcast. Great job, TJ. Uh, he did single out Matt Barzal uh, in the Buffalo game um, where he and Darlene got into it, and that was a game where it was full. It was totally the fault of the referees that that happened. He takes a penalty every time he takes a penalty. We seem to give up a goal. Um, you know. It, whatever it is, what it is, but then I remember Scott Hayden. He was also alluded to the fact that, oh well, that penalty. You know, when we have guys like that who are taking a penalty, that means the penalty killers are out there. It could lead to injuries for our team. I'm like, boy, talk about reaching. Uh, you know, whatever. That, that was bad. And to give the hockey troll a little bit of reference, because I'm sure he didn't watch the post game of uh, a game that was played, I believe, back in like December. Right. I but yeah, especially not the Islanders. Um, but Matt Barzal took a penalty because it was kind of going tit for tat with Rasmus Dahlin. And, you know, he did not like the fact that he took that penalty. He was considering benching him in three-on-three play in overtime. And for the Islander fans, you know that obviously he's our best skater. He's our best stick handler. He's our best passer. To do something like that in an open ice situation like three-on-three is – is uh, it's mind-numbingly stupid to do that. Um, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. That being said, 
he then proceeded to say, you know, we have to go on a penalty kill. We've got to block more shots and we have to do this and we have to do that and could lead to injuries. So that was a really dumb decision by him. And, you know, that same exact game, we had a guy go ahead and um, delay, went ahead and had a delay game penalty because he accidentally cleared the puck. And of course, it didn't hit, you know, the stanchions or anything like that. And it just went right over top and, you know, didn't mention that either. Right. Well, that's an unforced error. You know, you can apply the same exact type of logic there. It's definitely pretty noticeable, though. And I guess to speak to what both you guys have been talking about, that he is harder on the young guys. Um, it just is. You don't, you don't really ever see him ripping a veteran um, ever in any sort of any sort of fashion, at least in the media. Uh, maybe he does it, you know, behind closed doors, but I, I couldn't imagine that being the case. Yeah. Well, so one, one, more, one more thing. I've always, and Troll, you can comment on this, please. I think that he wants to turn everybody into a third wing grinder. I think that's, the, he wants a team of third wing grinders. And I've always said that if this regime was in place when Mike Bossy was eligibly be drafted, he never would have got picked for the Islanders or he never would have played for him. I don't think Gretzky could have ever played for Barry Trotz or Mario Lemieux because they didn't play enough defense. So he probably would have cut bait with them and, you know, lived with, uh, let me think, who we could bring at the time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Greg Jolly or somebody like that from old Washington Capitals defenseman. The first draft pick ever, Greg Jolly. Remember uh, him? Remember him, Troll? Probably not. Absolutely not. I was not even born. But uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> Barry Trotz – I mean, all of this stuff you you're saying, and you're acting like the New York Islanders are are a true contender that they're going to go win a cup within the next five years. And I mean, okay, just from the outside looking in on the Islanders, don't you think that Matt Barzal is going to be the next captain? Um, well, I mean, not when you sign Anders Lee to a seven year extension. I don't. I mean, come on, that that mantle would be easily taken off Anders Lee, though, right? You know how they really could have taken that off him? Not signing him to a ridiculous seven-year deal at 29 years old. That's how you could but, take but, it. I mean, you know, stif I guess, <clears throat> and I get what you're saying. You're afraid that they're stifling creativity and things like that. But, you know, <clears throat> Barry Trotz has, has taken pride in a very structured defensive system, which has gotten him a Stanley Cup within the past two, three years, right? So, you know, he, he – I mean, he was – he may not in the media have come out. Now, <clears throat> I thought Barry Trotz was expert, expertly handled the media to the point, and, and this is going to sound funny, but I think that a lot of the things he said – um you know, he was trolling. He was he was taking a page out of my book. He was he says things that are on the surface dopey. They sound dumb. I mean, I, I remember one time he was saying that uh, for the caps that, you know, Corsi is not something that we we rely on completely because, you know, a team can get in the zone and fire a bunch of shots at the net and they're poor quality chances. And that's going to up your Corsi score. He was right. But that is not, you know, that's not what happens in the NHL. NHL teams don't go into the zone just to boost Corsi's score by firing shut chances at the net. Another another example where I thought it was great was when, he, you know, and he's, he's this was huge when it happened. Crosby takes a dive in front of the net and Niskanen's just standing there and, you know, puts his hands out to, to you know, stop diving Crosby from hitting him in the junk. And 
cross checks him in the back of the head as Crosby's going down. Now, Barry Trotz comes out and says, this is a hockey play. And of course, it, I mean, you know, of course it wasn't, but he, he, he puts his, he puts his head out there and his neck out there to, for the media to deflect off of his players. Now, I will agree that, like you said, when, when he is, um, you know, upset or whatever, or, or thinks things need to be changed, he will say, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. And he leaves all of that context there to read between the lines, but, don't you think that you should trust the process a little bit and not have, uh, you know, because I mean, think about it from Barzell's standpoint here. He's the best player on the team. He's got to know that, right? Do you really want him getting a big head at this point in his career? And then being, you know, a person who has, has had it always come easy to him and then can't get over the hump Ovechkin cross or Backstrom, you know, I, I can name how many other players on other teams that couldn't get over Stamkos, you know, that where it's come easier, Kucherov, it's come easier in their career. They didn't have a, a coach to bust their chops when they were young to instill that dedication to team defense and hard work and, you know, yada, 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 whatever it may be, the winning juice into them. I mean, <clears throat> don't you think this could be a good thing? You guys aren't contending now. Now, I do trust the process. And, you know, as critical as I've been of Barry as of late, and I have been, um, and just to kind of recap it, I think what we're before the break for the coronavirus and the suspension of the season, our losing streak was all self-inflicted. When Barry Trotz uh, made roster adjustments and determined to play younger players sheltered minutes on our forward lines, on our defensive pairings, it seriously taxed the rest of our players who were just accustomed to playing you know, normal acclimated minutes to where they're rolling all four lines. We had some injuries. We endured some struggles like every single team in the NHL. And we'd call up, you know, your Otto Koivlis, your Kiefer Bellows, your Oliver Wallstroms, your younger forwards that are doing well and excelling in the A, and you play them eight minutes a night where everybody else now has to increase their minutes. And you do that for a significant amount of time because we had injuries to Casey Zizekas, Cal Clutterbuck. I mean, the list goes on. You look at our defensive pairings, Adam Pellick went out. And we determined to go bring up Noah Dobson. He's only going to play, you know, 12, 13 minutes a night. And you're looking at every other defenseman. And Johnny Boychuk's numbers and time on ice had to decrease because he's a 37, 36-year-old defenseman. Right. It just goes ahead and taxed the rest of the team. Now, we were critical, and I've been critical about that. So, obviously, we enjoyed the coronavirus and the suspension of the season in that aspect because I believe it allows us to get our legs back underneath us. That being said, I do think he does have a great process. I mean, if you look at the Islanders before Barry Trotz came here, we were a bottom 10 team and we were defensively inept. And last season, we brought a team that surrendered the most goals in the NHL two years ago. And we turned into the team that was the best defensively structured team in the entire NHL with unbelievable goalies and, I mean, our save percentage at franchise highs. So, I mean, you can't go ahead and completely omit that. Um, you know, we had our issues. We went, we let Robin Leonard go in hopes to try to bring in over Ia Sorokin. Um, you know, that's a debate for itself. But I, I think our goaltending hasn't been as good as last season. But the structure was there a little bit. But I think not playing the young guys and the refusal to play a guy like Noah Dobson, the defensive core, the appropriate amount of minutes 
was a self-inflicted wound that really has spurred this team to go in a downward spiral. But I do believe the process that Barry Trotz has. Um, and again, when you don't let your young creative offensive players get into the lineup, it could be easy for it to get a little bit, um, how do you say this? It's easy to go ahead and get a little down on yourself when you see the future and all you see is, oh, wow, we've got four centers signed and, you know, they're all signed with term. And I'm a center down there in yay and I'm putting up, you know, about mm, 0.7 points a game. And newly transitioned, I'm talking about Alakoibla, but he continues to perform and now – you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm never going to get a shot this next season unless somebody gets hurt. I don't know. Those are, those are just issues I have. I know I went on a little diatribe or a monologue. But... You think? You think? You think you did that? Really? Uh, everyone well, sleeping now is listening to the podcast. All right. First of all, <laughs> let me just tell you one thing. Troll, I liked your assessment, uh, yeah. most of it, except for the one part where I think you're dead wrong against when you said Barry Trotz would stick his head and neck out. He does not have a neck, so he cannot <laughs> stick that out to the press. Um, and number two, TJ, a little, uh, just to let this, everyone knows it. TJ has certain players. He loves Otto Koivl is one of them. Croc Nelson is another one where they can do absolutely no wrong. It doesn't matter what happens. They're his boys. Uh, I have guys like that too. They just don't play for the New York Islanders. Um, (laughs) That's not true. I I like, I love Matt Barzal and I love Noah Dobson. I think they're both fantastic. Um, but, you know, I just wanted just something just came breaking over and I, it's not NHL related. I know I'm going to divert here, which I like to do. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, he of formerly a crappy quarterback for the Dolphins. He parlayed a 10 game stretch where he handed off the ball to Derrick Henry into a four year, $118 million extension with the Tennessee Titans with $62 million guaranteed. I could do what he did last year. I could hand <laughs> off to Derrick Henry. I could fall wow. down when a guy rushes the passer. I could do that. I just it's just amazing. It's just amazing. You want to know the team that's going to be a loser? Look at the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. I just had to do it. See, that's what happens when TJ goes on one of his rants, one of his, you know. I don't even know what a diatribe, I guess, is the best way. I have to look at something else because I can't listen to him anymore. That's why the grumpy old man is on this podcast. Keep moving. Well, look, one last thing that I will say about about Barry Trotz is that he is a staunch believer that the NHL is not a development league. So what that means is that to him, it means that when you call guys up, they better be at peak performance, head in the game, contributing now. First, second, you step on the ice better be, you know, towards the other net with the puck and a shot on net, two big hits and get off. You know what I mean? <clears throat> if, if, and, and he has been very much like that. He's, he's, because he believes, I think, that if you're not going to put in the effort and, and, and the juice to, to be that player, there's three guys, like you said, who are, just salivating at the chance down in the A to come up. So, and, and I know he works closely with your, the AHL affiliate. They're in constant communication about players, about attitudes, about anything. Right. So, you know, that was a, that's definitely something he's also, I will give him this. I think that he's a little bit more analytical than, than most people think, but more on the terms of money. So if you paid, you know, 
Brock Nelson all that money. He's going to get that ice time. You can't bench or reduce somebody's ice time when you're paying him, you know, 5% of the cap. Right? So I think that he he plays the money. He plays how the money's been spent. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, a little bit of a cover his own ass there, right? Because really, Lou, you gave me these players, you paid him this much. This is how it should really work out as far as salary goes and playing time. So, well, okay. If that's the way it truly is, that's stupid. That's really <laughs> dumb. I, I, I'm, I believe in performance and I 100% agree with you. And Lou Lamarillo says the same thing. They'd rather have guys spend more time in the A to make sure they're 100% ready to come up the NHL. But I'm going to argue against that. Just with the point, with the way that the salary cap and when guys can be free agents, maybe you could get away with that in the 90s when there was no salary cap and there was no free agency, really. Uh, but now guys can leave at the age of 27 years old. If you let them sit down in the minors till they're 24, 25, you're not getting maximum value out of that out of that player. And you're gonna you're gonna wind he's gonna wind up leaving. Um, that's what's gonna wind up happening. And you're not gonna get prime usage out of those players. I'd much rather pay younger players big bucks and let them leave when they turn 28, 29 years old, then uh, let them come up at 24, have them for a couple of years and then have them leave. I just, or overpay them at that point in time when you could have had production for them for many years. I don't know about your thoughts on this, TJ. Hopefully it's not another long diatribe. Maybe you can trim it down to 15 minutes on your response. <laughs> I will try, but there are no guarantees, grumpy old man. You know that. I know. <laughs> um, I understand your point, and I think it's a good balance. You need to have balance in everything. You need to have a good core of veterans, but you also need to have a little bit of youth and life on your team. I mean, the young guys, for the most part, if they've had a little bit of experience, they usually have a little bit more you know, jump in their step. Um, they recover possibly a little quicker. Um, stamina might be a little bit more there as well. Of course, you know, if you're looking at age, but older guys, when you get in your thirties and you're, you know, quote unquote, a veteran and, uh, you know, supposed to be a leader on the team, your play necessarily decreases for the most part. I mean, incrementally every single season, um, you just don't get better when you get older. But you, you do need players like that that can help write the ship and guide teams. Let me interrupt real quick. That is not true because I get better the older I get. I'm just telling you right now. And one other thing, just before I forget, Ovechkin. you know, when you when you're younger, that's why I like a younger team because then you can go out and pay money for free agents. Veterans cost a lot more; they just do. Um, so if you have a team full of veterans, you're never going to get a high end veteran because you're playing paying everybody four or five million dollars a year, and you know there's no young guys. If you have guys who are on cost effective contracts, you can go out and sign a big ticket free agent, and it kind of limits us going forward. But so yes, I get better. The thing to take from that is that I get better with age, like a fine wine. <laughs> like a jail toilet wine. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, you guys probably going to age like vinegar, the two of you, not like fine wine, like the grumpy old man. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, and, and it's funny that, that I that I dropped it like a, like a regular Ovechkin because I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty upset about the season ending early if it does so. Because, you know, you've got Ovechkin who is having 
another, you know, 50 goal plus season, probably another Richard under his belt. Uh, these are crucial. You know, he was going to, I believed, I mean, he was three goals away from breaking Gardner's record. So, you know, for, for a guy who supposedly has limited time and is going to be in our or UFA after next season, um, I, I feel like he was robbed a little bit, especially because those goals are going to matter once he shatters Gretzky's record, right? You want to talk about being robbed. Oh, Grumpy, I'll let you jump in, and then I'll I'll I'll, okay. I'll piggyback off. Of I can't comment. believe we had a Mike Gartner reference on <laughs> the Never Say Die podcast. Honestly, um, I can't even believe that hockey troll knows who Mike Gartner is. Uh, maybe maybe he was talking about somebody else. I'm just going to assume it was Mike Gartner. And one thing about the hockey troll, I mean, I look at your name. Is it because you live under a bridge? I'm just uh, that's okay. that's neither here nor there. Um, go ahead, TJ. Uh, but I, no, that's okay. I'll bring up Alexander Ovechkin. I I look at Alexander Ovechkin. I'm just throwing this out there. He's a player who could play in any era. You see, so many guys today could not play in any era of in the NHL. And I'm going to tell you what Matt Barzal could play in any era of the NHL. He's not afraid to go into the dirty areas. You look at some other players who. You know, hey, they're fantastic figure skaters, but they couldn't have survived in the rough, rough and tumble 70s and 80s. I'm just going to tell you that much right now, where Ovechkin most certainly could have. Yeah, I agree with that. I wanted to speak about, you know, people who can get the raw end of the deal if for whatever reason or if the coronavirus gets bad enough where the NHL determines to, you know, suspend slash cancel the rest of the season. All the teams who determine to trade for – rental type players in order to make a playoff push. I mean, those are the teams that definitely get the raw end of the deal too. I mean, and the Islanders being one of those, obviously if they don't have an NHL playoffs this season, I mean, we gave up our first and second this year for a guy that would have been an unrestricted free agent this off season. We resigned him. We we resigned him though. We did. We did. But I'm saying if, if, if there was no if there was no playoffs, obviously, if you knew that was obviously, you know, if you're looking in the future, Karnak, the fortune teller esque, you're able to see there's no playoffs. You wouldn't have given up a first and a second for a guy you could have gotten a free agency over the summer, um, and you know, a second round pick next year for a 37 year old defenseman who's a rental. Um, nice Johnny Carson reference. It was not Karnak the fortune teller okay it was karnak the magnificent uh thank you very much uh old johnny i tried grumpy it. old man i don't tried try. don't try don't try you're just doomed to failure let the grumpy old man stay in your lane bro that's all i gotta say all right um uh karnak was a fantastic character on the johnny carson tonight show uh where he would you know make jokes he would actually read the answer before the question uh, and it was fantastic. I go to YouTube and look up Karnak, Carson Karnak, hilarious stuff. And you always had Ed McMahon in the background just <laughs> chuckling. It was fantastic. That's when The Tonight Show was great. Way, way, way back. Okay. What were we talking about before then? I don't even remember. Does it even really? Does it even, I don't even care really. What were we talking about before then, TJ? I'm sorry. I ju- you jumped the shark with Karnak on me. Grumpy. So happy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I remember now. Um, that's ridiculous just because, you know, whatever happens, happens. It, you're not getting screwed. It was only a second-round draft pick. We did re-sign the greatest number 44 in New York sports history since Reggie Jackson and J.P. Pajot, J.G. Pajot. So it's that's not a rental. But uh, Andy Green certainly was. 
Um, but you know, it just kind of is what it is. Um, that's just the cost of doing business. So that doesn't bother me at all. I understand TJ being the Islanders Pollyanna fan thinks that we're getting ripped off because of the coronavirus. Uh, I don't look at it that way. <laughs> I'm not saying that grumpy old man, <laughs> but I'm just saying for the teams and there were a lot of other teams besides the Islanders that gave up first round picks and more to go ahead and bloister their roster for a playoff run. I just, I'm just saying it's just, it's odd to think that there might not be an NHL playoffs and, and these teams that were sweat cellar dwellers got rid of an asset for, you know, 10, 15 games. And, you know, that was it. They didn't even help the other team in the playoffs. I mean, like nobody obviously wins with the coronavirus, but it's just odd to see that, you know, if that's the case, those teams that made those trades for rentals, you know, they get, they get obviously the worst side of the deal. Well, people who sell toilet paper are making out pretty good on the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, TJ, I'll agree with you on that one too. I mean, it, yeah, it sucks for the for the buyers, right? Everybody who was buying to make a push, yeah, it's kind of a kick in the nuts. Though, I think that their only, you know, redeeming factor of this all was that how are they supposed to know, right? Like, how are you supposed to know some crazy virus was going to come and shut down the entire world um, and possibly kill like up to a half a million people? Is that what they're? That's what they're projecting. But you know, I. With with all that being said, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a huge piece of it. They couldn't have seen this coming, and you know, it it. So I don't think anybody is to blame. It's just kind of you're gonna you will be left with though, like a, a kind of a what if feeling, you know? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, there's nobody to blame for it. I'm just saying it's you know it's odd to think that those teams that made those trades, you know, it's obviously didn't work out for them. <laughs> yes, grumpy old man. Suck it up, Buttercup. I love it. I want to end the podcast on one question for the both of you guys. We have been without sports now for, I believe, four days. Okay. How are you guys both surviving? Now, I know I live, breathe, die sports. I don't care if it's competitive dart throwing. If there's something on, I'll watch it. Anything that's a competition, I'll watch. So, obviously, been miserable for me. How's it been for you guys? Go ahead, Troll. I'll let you answer this first. All right. All right. Well, I'm just going to load up Grumpy with some ammo here. It's been quite depressing. Um, though I feel like I've handled it better consciously, I probably haven't been. I've been, you know, again, like I said, unemployed. I've been sleeping a lot, um, you know, eating a lot w during my waking hours. And I'm always, you know, got a beer in hand here. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, sleeping, eating, drinking, um, kind of coping with it that way. I run a fantasy league, you know, the hockey troll super league. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do there. Uh, whether I'm just going to keep everybody's money and be like, ha suckers or, or take it on, like, you know, bet it all on black at the local casino, maybe double everyone up. Um, I, I, it's, it's the only thing that is kind of cool about it about not having sports being active um is that now we can do more guest spots on the network we can reach out to possibly targets who would have never given us the time of day but now that they got nothing going on maybe they'll take some guest spots on our on our humble podcast right so you know i'm looking at it as an opportunity from that sense um but yeah i mean i'm i and and i'm you know, you said sports. I'm not really into other sports professionally other than hockey. So, 
you know, this is like my favorite time of the year is, is when it starts ramping up and then playoffs. I don't, I don't think anybody could argue. I mean, it is the best sports action watching that you can watch, I think, is the NHL playoffs. So, and that's objectively, even though I'm, I'm you know, obviously a huge homer. I think objectively that's true. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're a bit robbed here. But, you know, like the network guys are saying, we are in a very unique time of of sports history and world history as it is. So I'm taking this as an opportunity to network with some people since uh, hopefully uh, or foreseeably everyone will have a lot of time on their hands. Uh, Okay, my turn. you know, TJ, they still have the Mexican League is still playing. They didn't cancel. Mexico's not canceling any of their events. I saw they're just playing without fans, the Mexican Soccer League. Yeah. I, you know, so life goes on. Uh, it's been, what, four days? Uh, and I'm also a fan of uh, many, many sports. Not pro basketball, but I like college basketball, um, football, hockey. And, you know, I agree with the playoffs. I think the NHL has the best playoffs, Um, particularly the first and second rounds where you get games every single night. And in the open round, you get two games every night. I just think that's fantastic. I mean, being a hockey junkie, I just love that. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. You know, there's friendly fire when this happens. I mean, I know now that uh, Troll's girlfriend has to deal with him on a regular basis, which is so unfortunate for her. I mean, I feel for her. I really do. Um, <laughs> it's her cross to bear. I mean, it is her cross to bear. Like I said, I spoke with her today, and that's a woman in pain. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's because she's with the troll, but that's the impression that I got. Uh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, but just remember, fellas, uh, you can always go back in YouTube and watch old games. I have no problem popping in a Blu-ray or a DVD of old games that I've watched before. I have no problem watching old games again. And like I said, if you have a loved one, uh, not like hockey troll, but like myself and TJ, uh, you know, you can re-engage with those people uh, and maybe have a better quality of life. Just something to think about troll. Well, of course you're going to, you're, you're able to reminisce back in those times when your memory was maybe a little bit sharper and, and your vision wasn't so bad and blurred, you know, uh, I'll be honest. I've, I've looked back and watched at some games, uh, just from like the ESPN plus like intermission replays and man, it's incredible how a decade has changed this sport. Uh, it really is. So to your point, it's cool to go back and see how slow and unskilled some of those players were, but also see how how fucking violent it was, which is which is you know really what hooked me into hockey in the begin with. And then look at it now and see how much more speed and finesse and um, ability there is. So, I mean, uh, I'm not sure I'll be I'll be going and, and reminiscing on the old golden years there, uh, grumpy old man, but. But I, I'll definitely be taking in my fair share of, of hockey in one way, shape, or form. I tell you what, I've been watching some of the old stuff, and you know, I had forgotten how violent it was. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what we're missing in the ice capades that is the NHL now. I mean, I, you know, I was watching some old Islander fight tapes, and you know, Bobby Nystrom, who's Mister Islander. Um, do you know who Bobby Nystrom is, Troll? Oh, never heard of him. 
I'm not surprised. Uh, Mr. Islander, uh, everyone who listens to this podcast knows who he is, so I don't need to bring it up. Uh, but I see he got checked hard, and he just dropped the gloves and just started throwing fists. And, and he's not the only one. You see everyone doing it. You just see these fights. I mean, I'm watching the old Philadelphia Flyers uh, back in the day. Dave Schultz beating the life out of Dale Roth. I mean, he used to grab guys' hair. I mean, that's kind of a no-no. I mean, these guys were going at it. It was fantastic. And just the rough physical play of Montreal against Quebec, you can't beat stuff like that. I'm sorry. And I'm going to tell you what, as much as the, they want to wussify uh, the NHL and they want the fans to turn into uh, little women out there, I'm going to tell you what, anytime there's a hockey fight you or there's a big body, oh, everyone gets on the edge of their seat. You know what? You don't see that too much just in regular hockey games. We're used to see that all the time. Fight every game, couple of fights every game. Dave Tiger Williams, almost 400 minutes a year in penalties. I mean, that's great stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm with you. I uh, I started watching hockey in the USHL. So that's juniors. That's kids 16 to 21 um, just trying to make a name for themselves. So it was a fight a night, if not more. You know, if these kids weren't getting on the score sheet, they were fighting. They had to. They had to be, you know, because it's all about making a name for yourself. It's all about staying on the lineup. They had to fight. The Gordie Howe hat trick, right? I mean, right. you know, a fight, a goal, an assist, and a fight. I mean. Absolutely. How can you beat that? That That's hockey. That's hockey, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. Well, we are almost at the end here, guys, about an hour in, and we're very thankful for both the grumpy old man and the hockey troll. But before we kind of wrap things up, I just want to give the hockey troll a chance to go ahead and plug all of his social media and you know everything, you know, podcast, everything. Uh, so hockey troll, go ahead and have at it. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, guys, it's always a pleasure, um, even though it may not seem that way for, to the listener because, you know, grumpy old man. But <laughs> I really appreciate coming on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, definitely some of the, the, the more fun interviews that I get to do uh, for, for the network. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Hockey Trolling with an I N. And our uh, Twitter handle for the podcast is at Caps Chirp. And Polly, Polly Cupcakes, who's my co-host, he wasn't able to join today, but you can get him at Cupcake Polly on Twitter. And uh, you know, tune in and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, TJ, uh, you're going to give me a chance to do my social media stuff. Yeah, Grumpy Old Man, now your time. Go ahead and have at it. Do your social media plugs. All right, I'm done. <laughs> oh goodness um yes and also you know i i am thinking about getting a twitter handle honestly oh my god I am grumpy, that could change the game grumpy it that could change, change the game. it is oh gosh Oof. i don't know if you're going to be one of those people that's going to have their tweets always put at the bottom where you have to click view extra where it like because you consistently post not offensive but possibly abrasive tweets so I don't know. I don't know, Grumpy Old Man. That could be interesting. I would love to see you get a Twitter. I don't know if I uh, if I do that, but I know I would be one of those people, whatever that is. I'm certainly <laughs> one of those people that get talked about. Like, oh, he's one of those people. Yeah, that's me. You'd be one of those people who gets consistently blocked by Islander Twitter. No, 
No, yes. absolutely yes. not. Well, Grumpy, you haven't been on Twitter. I can tell you one thing. If you have a different opinion and support it with mm, facts uh, <laughs> or anything like that, you might get blocked. There's a very high possibility because some people just like living in a little uh, echo chamber. But you again, mean like you? you mean like you? Right. Oh, Grumpy, I love, I love discourse. I love it. Oh, please. Let me tell you something. Until two months ago, you were slurping out of the trot's trough also. I hate to tell you. <laughs> Well, I think he well, okay. Well, okay I think he's a good coach. Okay. I'm not going to get back into it, but just for the record, good coach, not infallible. Nobody's infallible. Coach. They do make mistakes. They're all human. Very so, good um, coach. All, all things, even though I ripped him a little bit today. Uh, the best coach the Islanders have had since Ted Nolan, um, and you know Al Arbor before that for certain. And it was it's the best move that Lou Lamarillo has done. Period. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I wouldn't have let a him. big. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue hockey troll. Oh no, I was just going to say I wouldn't have let him go if if it was me. But that's another discussion for another day. Absolutely, it is. And also, a big thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, we're very, very thankful that they allow us to go ahead and publish this this podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to your podcast there on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, iTunes, um, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find it. Even Spotify. So, again, a big thank you to them and a big thank you to both the Hockey Troll and the Grumpy Old Man. Um, without sports, it's been a little odd, but uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the conversation, guys. And thank you so much for making the time out of the day to go ahead and talk a little bit about hockey and sports in general. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You take care. Grumpy, stay healthy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>